0: Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. The fans have won already. What a spectacular week of competition we have seen. On this episode, it's Justin Ashley and Cruz Pedregon, two guys making huge business headlines in the offseason. And there is not a happier human being on planet Earth than the woman in that pro stock car. We're talking 2021 and the sponsor hunt therein. in. Goodbye, Snake, and hello, Ace. This is the NHRA Insider. And the wildest day in the history of this category is finally complete. Welcome everybody to the NHRA Insider podcast. I'm your host Brian Loans. We are back for another off-season episode as we continue to inch our way towards the Emily Oil Gator Nationals to kick off for the 2021 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing season will be coming the second weekend in March. Seems like a long way away, but we are getting closer by the minute. Today's episode is going to be a little bit on the business side, the positive side of the world of business and NHRA drag racing. Going to talk to Cruz Pedregon and we're going to talk to Justin Ashley, uh, two guys who have arguably made some of the largest headlines in the offseason. Justin with the addition of Mike Green as his crew chief and the addition of some new sponsorships to the His race car, Cruz Pedregon, with the addition of an entire crew that has come over, of course, from the Tommy Johnson Jr. team and most recently, the announcement of a three-year extension with Snap-on Tools as the primary sponsor of his Nitro Funny Car. And the reason I want to talk to these guys is not just because of the crew additions, which I think have been covered pretty extensively, but I want to talk to them really on the business side of the sport here, because obviously, as we know, so many people are out there right now hunting sponsorships, working to get funded and get properly funded, if you will, for the 2021 season. And we have seen two racers effectively do that. Um, Justin Ashley has, uh, has shown himself to be creative. He has brought new brands into the sport, uh, Manscaped last year, and now with the uh, Rise Nitro Brewed Coffee coming in as well. I want to talk to him about cultivating some of those deals, the conversations he's having, and how he is finding himself successful in adding partners to his top fuel racing team. I want to talk to Cruz Pedregon largely about the same thing, but I want to talk to him about maintaining a sponsorship with Snap-on Tools that has gone on for some time and now will continue into the foreseeable future some other kind of interesting things happening outside of the two main subjects of our show um a little bit of the rumor mill i know something you don't know and i can't give you all the details but it's fun is there is going to be a nitro funny car team i want to say returning kind of they never really went away but they'll be coming back and this is not a this is not a big operation team this is not a don schumacher racing this is not a coletta motorsports this is not a jfr team this is an independent single car team a name who uh, a guy who is well loved by all in the sport a guy who is um putting the band back together so to speak and uh, hopefully in the next week or two maybe before the next episode of this show comes out you will learn who this mystery man is as well as who will be crew chiefing on his car and it's a pretty fun story very glad to hear it Have also heard and seen some rumblings of some of the nostalgia Nitro funny car racing world. Uh, Another, at least one, uh, team has uh, purchased and assembled and is ready to go with a big show, as we would like to call it, Nitro Funny Car for the Camping World Series. Obviously going to be limited in appearances, going to take some, going to take, kind of pick their spots when they come out and run, but it is a beautiful car. It's a team that has had success in the world of Nostalgia Nitro funny car racing and uh, will join the ranks of several that have come up through um, the, this Nostalgia Nitro side. When we look at people like Alex Miladinovic, we look at the uh, McIntyre family, we look at some of the other machines that have come out of Nostalgia Nitro funny car racing and come out run well in the world of Camping World uh, NHRA drag racing. It's a pretty exciting thing. Also hearing inklings, rumblings of a... New, if not full time, likely a um, a several race, but not full time commitment out of a independent top fuel team, a name that uh, perhaps we have not heard in a little while either. So, another thing I want to talk to Justin and Cruz about is the fact that they are both single car teams, and I think it's not something that can be denied at this point that the momentum in drag racing, the momentum of the NHRA Camping World Series, does seem to be favoring single car teams efficiently run. Single car teams seem to be the, you know, proverbial way forward at this time. You don't have necessarily some of the inherent costs you do with a very large operation. And again, this is not uh, me picking a side by saying one's better than the other. One isn't better than the other, but it's recognizing a trend, and it's recognizing a trend that um, that has been going on for a year or two, and certainly seems to be picking up steam here, where um, single car operations seem to be where the sport is rotating its. I don't want to say it's focused, but certainly kind of rotating um, the forward momentum in that sense. Have heard some rumors um, coming out of the Don Schumacher camp. I believe that they are working on some good stuff over there. I've uh, not been able to lock it down totally and certainly don't want to speak out of school. But my understanding is that there has been some forward progress on the business side at DSR as well. Certainly uh, interested to see. How many cars are going to field in 2021? Who will be driving those cars? I think we have a couple of, of knowns in, that, in those quantities with Matt Hagen and, and Ron Caps and Leah. And then once we move past that, Antron Brown, of course. Once we move past that fourth car, we start talking about who the other cars could be, what they might be, who might be driving them and uh, would certainly love to hear some positive news out of the DSR camp over the next couple of weeks. Same could be said about John Forrest Racing. Obviously, Austin Prock went down to the Chili Bowl, did a nice job for himself down there, had the Rocky Mountain Twist name on the midget that he was competing in, and uh, really drove very strong and uh, showed that despite the fact he'd been out of a uh, dirt track car for a little while, he certainly still has the chops, and it was great to see his dad down there with him racing as a family at the Chili Bowl, which is a, a spectacular event in the world of American motorsports. If you have never been to the Chili Bowl, um, I cannot recommend it enough. It is uh, something that uh, it's a bucket list style race, I think, for everybody. Even if you're not a huge dirt racing fan, the mere spectacle of attending this event uh, is really something else. Hopefully, by the time we get to the 2021 running, or I guess it would then be the 2022 running of the Chili Bowl, uh, it is is able to happen in a less restricted manner. Um, Hopefully, with a full rocking and rolling crowd under the roof in Oklahoma, definitely something that is really cool our own Amanda Busick was down there uh reporting on the event so uh, the the crossover between NHRA drag racers and and dirt racers is actually pretty uh pretty strong and um between Jared Todd and Cruz and Caps and Selzy and all these guys that have actually competed in that thing there's a lot of uh drag racing lineage on the dirt at the Chili Bowl So there's some teaser stuff and I feel like I want to get into our first conversation here. We're going to start off by talking to Cruz Pedregon. I don't know if there is anybody who has made bigger headlines in this off season than Cruz. Cruz Pedregon, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, I'm great. I'm great.
0: You know, I wanted to obviously catch up with you because, um, whether it was by design or not, you are like leading the league in headlines this off season, man. And they're all good ones.
1: Yeah, definitely not by design. You know, we're just, we're just in our own little world over here doing our thing. And, um, you know, obviously there was an opportunity to to upgrade the team, and no different than I always reference the NFL, and I'll never apologize for that because that's that's the number one sport in, on the planet, especially in the United States. And so, I always look at uh, uh, things that align or things that are the same. And so, anytime you know, in that in that uh, series, anytime a player, whether it's a free agent player or a coach, coaching staff, in this case, Semota coaching staff, I was able to. Take a team that was existed that existed that had, you know, done all the things you need to do as a team to build your team and win races, and so that's what we were able to do. I and mean, then, you know, right on the heels of that, we were we were at a at a place where we were in the midst of trying to extend our, our contract with Snap on. It just happened to all work out.
0: You know, it's uh, one of the things I really want to talk about first here is the relationship with Snap-On. You know, I feel like this this particular show, I want to talk to you and Justin Ashley because, um, you know, two guys that are getting it done in, in a tough environment out there right now, and you've put together a nice three-year extension. I mean, this isn't a single-year deal. This is three years. So I guess I want to talk a little bit about what's the what's the foundation that makes this work?
1: Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I you know, they, they – they like what they see obviously or they like what we're doing and, and i work hard i mean i i go out and and you know on thursdays or the before the race i go out there and i spend as much time with the with the snap-on dealers and their customers i ride in the i literally ride in the truck and i go out and travel different parts when we're at the track to to go shake hands and and uh, thank them for uh being a snap-on customer so i think that goes a long way just the interaction i have with the with the, with the dealers uh, is important to get the get If you can get involved with a sponsor's people that yeah. actually are out there beating the pavement and, and uh, selling the product, whatever the product is, if you can do that, to me, you're going to create that value that's going to make a sponsor want to continue to sign sign on the dotted line and keep writing those checks. Because at the end of the day, they all have to justify their expenditures. And especially, like you said, in this day and time when, when things are say, let's face it, sales are not, people aren't buying as much stuff. So that's why I saw on the team earlier, we had a lunch, a a team lunch, just a meeting going over uh, housekeeping things. And so I just told the guys, I said, guys, just so you know, it's, you know, you read these, these, you know, teams that are, you know, either, not sure what they're doing or or they're they're not going to be back i said just let's take a moment to really appreciate this time because we have not like you said not a one year not a two year but a three-year agreement for my for my team to carry on with the snap on colors and support and so i just say hey man it's it's a great thing and it's a great day because this doesn't always happen but like i said i think it's really important to align yourself number one with the right company and the company that's willing to not only invest in NHRA and, and support a car, but to also be able to uh, interact and to uh, connect their customers with their with their dealer network. So that that's a big thing.
0: And you know, not to go. I'm not trying to pry too deep in your business here, but in terms of you making this move with the crew, the guys you were having lunch with today, the guys that you'll ultimately plan on racing with for years to come. Um, Uh, how much of that conversation happens with Snap-on or or how much, I'm not saying that they would direct you to do something like that, but when you make that move, I I would assume it shows a good faith to your sponsor that you're doing everything you can to provide them the best product on the racetrack.
1: Yeah, I think that's where trust comes into play. You know, there's a lot of smart people that know a lot more than I do about people and about uh, the approach some people take. And, you know, I've always tried to uh, run a tight ship as far as making sure that I run a, a good operation from, top to bottom pay your bills on time um you know just try to really uh try to run the operation like a, a top-notch company what i'm a small company but i i feel like i run it uh you know the right way i, I don't cut corners uh you know i have business good business, business ethics um you know pay people and uh, and so i try to do the right thing because one or two uh, of those things that are not right can can bring or sour a relationship in a hurry so i, I think that's a part of it and and i think really snap on recognizes that hey i'm i'm in this for the right reasons yeah. uh yeah. uh you know i'm passionate i, I want to win I, I told them years ago look if if, if i'm going to be cut budget-wise to the point where i can't afford uh, uh to go out and match uh you know uh, race equipment and, and go out there and really do it to win i'm not interested in doing it really i told them that and this was years ago so i think they they appreciate that and and I, they know I'm willing to, to do what it takes I'm a roll up your sleeves kind of guy and I think they they find found that in me and so I think that's also helped not only continue but but to grow the relationship
0: you know something you mentioned kind of leads into to something I want to discuss with you and um, it's not I don't think it's the most popular opinion in the world which your brother and I seem to come up with most of the unpopular opinions around here but but uh, <laughs> I think any thinking person, I think if you look at NHRA Drag Racing now, you look at the the Camping World-level series of Nitro Funny Car and Top Fuel specifically, the model seems to be changing, man. I I don't think at this point in drag racing the model necessarily favors a large team. To me, it looks like the world is really moving to an efficient one-car operation to to best do business
1: out here. Well, it's possible. I'm not sure. But you know, if you look back, there was a certain team uh, that uh, was – was going up against John force. And at that time, John had a second car and and John sold them on the fact that, Hey, two cars, more money. You, you, you get more money from the sponsors, but that doesn't necessarily equate to success. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but you'll figure it out soon. This team was got together in their late nineties. They built a second car, had all the funding in the world, and it never materialized to actually not only compete with John force, but to dethrone the, the, you know, the great champ, John force. And so that team, while it was great to line the pockets of that particular owner, um, uh, but it it didn't necessarily equate to win. So I think sponsors recognize that, hey, you know what, it's great to have multi cars, big team, but it doesn't necessarily uh, guarantee you any success on the racetrack uh, in spite of what that particular owner. Now, if I'm the owner, I'm doing all the kind of BS that I can do to get that money, to get that dollar. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll say anything, but at the end of the day, you know, you really have to look at it uh, and say, "Okay, what is this team going to do with that money?" Or because really it comes down to people, and there's so many good, really good people, uh, uh, you know, available. So I think if you just get a, a nice, efficient team, focus on one car, not try to, you know, get all these, all these, uh, have a circus going on. I think really it, it equates to uh, one sponsorship, one focal point. The team. I don't know. I I just, this is how I do it. I've always done it. And the fact that I've been able to, you know, to survive and carry through all this is really, I appreciate not only the opportunity snap on and all of our other partners, you know, there's been many that have supported me through the years, but I think for me to sit here and say, yeah, that's the way to do it. I don't know because I've never been a multi-car team, but I do know that, uh, you know, it, it what I do works, and we're going to go out there and prove it this year. You know, I'm I am gonna I am gonna be the recipient of of technology and the different things that have happened at DSR through my guys that I hired because they've been there, exposed to it, they're bringing that with them. Um, but that's the human element. I don't necessarily have to have five cars to to do that. I can bring my the right guys together, and uh, I hope it works. I think it's going to work.
0: Talk to me a little bit about these initial couple of weeks. Obviously, there's like some just basic bedrock things that have to get done, laying out the, how the pit area is going to be done, uh, just making the, the kind of personnel, physical, mundane changes you have to make to kind of make everybody fit and make this whole thing work. But I guess talk to me about what you've seen, what you're feeling over these first couple of weeks of really having everybody in the shop.
1: Well, I think the organization and the the the, uh, the plan – the vision is all there, man. It all, it's like a puzzle. And I'm starting to see the puzzle come. You know, when you build a puzzle, you, you get the outer piece and you think, man, I really can't see this thing. But then you start putting the pieces that go into the center and you start you start seeing them connected. That's what I'm seeing now. And I would say the nose to the grindstone, not a lot of talking, not a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of meetings, just a lot of just, hey, man, you do your job. I'm going to do my job. This guy's got his, you know, everybody's working in concert with each other, but they all are, are working together. And there's not a lot of, like I said, a lot of uh, unnecessary movement, I guess you could say. So uh, I, I would say that I've noticed that. And just, just there's some methodical approach these guys have. And, and, and let me say this, I don't have to sit there and, and uh, I don't want to say babysit that that's really not what I, I, I want to say, uh, but I don't have to be there as an owner. I can, focus on other things that i can look over my shoulder and go man they're doing that or wow they're getting that done i didn't have to tell them anything yeah. so that <laughs> yeah. really is a big plus for me because you know like i told them today i says you know i can't do this by myself guys i need guys well oiled machine like you guys are and uh, and i appreciate that because i've had the i've got gone the other way where i gotta tell people every single thing to do and it's like well man that that doesn't work no
0: yeah, you, you go insane trying to trying to manage every element of it and ultimately it uh it just doesn't that's that's not how anything in any business, well, race team or otherwise, you know. Ex-
1: exactly, Brad, you're exactly right. It doesn't have to be a race team you're talking about. It could be a, a football team. You gotta let your uh you know, like I'm sure you know, the top coaches have a you know, their their each uh what they call uh you know, like their uh uh, line coaches like there's there's a coach yeah and there's a there's a pecking order that goes all the way heck even the mafia has a, right. has a, has a <laughs> the boss and then they, they, they got a the good tacos. one they've had that laid <laughs> then, out for a while <laughs> exactly they've got it got all laid out man you know who the head of the Gandino family is <laughs> all the way down to the guys out on the street with the billy clubs you know but whatever it is you're right it's structure equals success and you know the competition um you know, that, that, you know, that's what they're doing. So in order to compete and even race with them, boy, you better at least have that part dialed in or you're going to be in big trouble. So, you know, these are all things, do they make the car go fast? Not yet, but it will in the, in the long run, it'll, it'll be, when the car hits the track, um, it'll be, uh, you know, it, it'll really show. I, I, I get I a quick story. I used to, for many years, I would, we would all go testing. Well, we would always have these grandiose plans to run by, let's say we're going to Phoenix or Palm Beach, whatever, we're going to run Wednesday and we're going to make the first hit at 10 o'clock. Guess what? We'd be so disorganized and discombobulated. It would be Friday afternoon. We'd make one half attempt and there would be stuff falling off. It would just not be like you planned. But it, So there's one thing to say it and there's another thing to do it, and these guys are doing it.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. And, you know, one more thing I want to hit on before I let you go is uh, you received uh, a really cool family heirloom recently. Talk about getting your dad's license. This is an amazing thing. How did Who found it? Where did it come from? It's an amazing thing. I saw it on social, and, and Tony sent me some pictures of it as well.
1: Oh, that was so amazing, Brian. Imagine me at home on Sunday afternoon and one of my cousins who was close to the same age. Well, his dad passed recently, so he's going through his stuff. And he found that in his dad's some of his per- personal belongings, and so out of the clear blue, he just sends me that license, and I start reading, and I see my dad's picture, and I was just completely shocked. But it's one of those things where how did it get there? I do not know. But my dad had a my dad's family's from El Paso, Texas, and and so you just never know what you're going to run across. And as unfortunately, as you know, people get older, you know, and some of them pass. Some of the younger generation, they go, "Hey, Cruz probably." would really think this is cool so he sent it to me i go dude i got to have that man so i'll i'll trade you something really cool like a <laughs> diecast but send that license to me and and he thought hey man he thought i would like it and to, or to have it but it's really cool if you look at the 1970 winter nationals and jack uh, jack hart at the time cj pappy hart as we called him uh for some of the you know some of the older race fans will remember he was like the like the josh uh you know, the Josh before Josh or the Graham Light before Graham, uh, you know, and then before that it was, it was Steve Gibbs. He was kind of like the race director for NHRA. So, yeah, man, to have my dad's uh, 1970 uh, top fuel license is really cool.
0: Yeah, what a, neat, uh, what a neat thing, what a neat surprise, and it's like you said, uh, these things kind of just magically find a way to, to see the light of day, and uh, great that you got back into contact with it, man. Hey, it's always good to talk to you, Cruz. Congratulations on uh, what has certainly been uh, a successful offseason to this point, and I know you're looking forward to uh, literally having the rubber hit the road. Um, any generalized window you're going to just kind of stick with the normal testing program it seems like most people will go down to florida week or so early is there any other plans to uh to do anything before that for you guys
1: well we had the plan was in fact i talked to jc about it at length and it was my it was my uh uh, you know my desire to run the car at two separate test events not just go to the one and then boom we're ready to go race and i want to ensure that these guys are filled like even if we have to run the spare car, I just really want to not be in a rush. Plus, you never know when you might lose a rain a day to, to, to rain down there in Florida. It, you know, there's a possibility. So, so in talking to the pro organization and and that group, I spoke with them. I go, hey, so they were all about going to Palm Beach. I said, look, why don't we go or let's attempt to go to Palm Beach, but also have Gainesville as a as a secondary test event. So. They agreed. They said, "Hey, that sounds good. As long as NHRA will prep the Gainesville track uh, that week, so we can go and make some shake last-minute shakedown runs." The plan is to make six to eight runs. Um, you know, that's kind of the window we're looking at to make sure we're we're ready to go. And uh, you know, and and, and quali- we get three qualifying runs there in Gainesville. We get a Friday to Saturday. So, hey, let's go out there and. I anticipate things to go smoothly, but you never know with these cars, Brian. There, are, you know, there's some subtle differences in some of the cars. So hey, let's go out there and give these guys uh, the best chance to, to for success when the when the real when the real bullets are flying.
0: You know, <laughs> absolutely, man. Hey, thanks for taking some time, Cruz. Appreciate it, and I will uh, see you soon. Hi, right, Brian. Thank you for the time, man. After a great conversation with Cruz Pedregon, we transition immediately into our second guest here in this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. Another guy that's been in the headlines for the right reasons, Justin Ashley. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: doing really well and uh, you know the reason I wanted to kind of follow Cruz with you on this show is because um you know as I mentioned when I was talking to Cruz, it's it's not an easy climate out there right now to do business but yet we do have people succeeding and you are one of them um obviously you got the extension from strutmasters.com which is a huge deal for you for 2021 but most recently the deal to add uh, rise nitro brute coffee I want to talk about that kind of the the metrics of how that came together and and really kind of how you're out there pounding the pavement every day
2: Sure. I mean, you know, the in-season is really busy when you're out there with the team, when you're driving the car, but what a lot of people don't realize is how busy the off-season actually is because at the end of the day, you know, a huge part of your top fuel program, in our case, is getting the funding to be able to go out there and and race and compete successfully. So for us, you know, whether it's Strutmasters, Shocker, Rise, you know, we've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of really good people, and yeah, the climate out there right now is not great, But, you know, I think we've been focusing more so than anything else on the business-to-business aspect of it. So, you know, for Rise, for example, we were able to put a deal together where Rise is now going to be sold in Menard stores, which is 300-plus stores in the Midwest. So, you know, if it's an opportunity for uh, us to be out there racing and if it's an opportunity for a particular company to make money and it's a win-win, you know, we're all happy and we're all able to put the deal together.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting in in any sort of business, whether it's racing or non-racing, and and obviously your your life outside of racing is involved in the real estate side of things, but as a young guy, I think you're in an advantageous place here, not just because of your age, but because I feel like the people that have been entrenched in the sport for so long have trouble probably pivoting off of the ways that they have been doing business forever versus you can kind of see things in a different light and maybe solve problems or answer questions or provide value in ways that other people aren't even thinking about doing yet.
2: Yeah, it's true. I think that maybe now more so than ever, we have to get creative with the kind of programs that we're putting together. And we're so far past the you know sticking a logo on the side of the car and getting on with it you know type of deal. We have to we have to get creative, and we have to put deals together that would be good good for our team, but that are going to ensure that the companies that we bring on get their return on investment. So you know NHRA offers an excellent platform. The truth of the matter is, with the new TV package, that's another great. Uh, kind of point that you can bring to the table yeah. uh, when you're talking to these different companies and different sponsors, just because, you know, NHRA's reach is continuing to expand, and I think it's healthy for everyone. I think it's healthy for the companies that are involved, it's healthy for the teams and the sport in general.
0: You know, one of the things, uh, as you mentioned here, and I'm interested in kind of your perspective on balancing these things, where, you know, different. Different companies that you're working with maybe have different metrics that they want to use. They have a different recipe for what they are going to consider a successful term of this agreement. So how do you, within your own team now, kind of mesh these business needs together, right? It's one thing to actually sell somebody to be part of your team. Now you have multiple sponsors that all may be looking for a little something different. So let's talk a little bit about making sure maybe that the internal pieces fit together.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that once you have all the pieces together then the season actually starts, and you have to try and meet each different sponsor's goals and objectives. And like you mentioned, everyone might be different. You know, Company X might be looking for one thing, when company Y is looking for another. And I think that's part of having an all-inclusive program that's diverse in a lot of different ways. You've got to be able to offer a lot of different things, and you really have to individualize each company because they're all looking for different things. But I think that you know our program's in a really good position where we can offer all those different things, whether it's TV, whether it's business to business, whether it's social media, I think that the best way to ensure that you're going to meet a company's goals and objectives is by making sure that your program's diverse that it's able to meet all those needs and objectives in a bunch of different ways.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, interesting kind of interplay there. You know, Cruz obviously is kind of a, he has snap on is really his primary. He's a kind of a, I do want to say a one sponsor guy because he has a lot of associates, but in terms of his main sure. commitment is to snap on and you have some major associates on your car. So it's a bit of a different thing. Um, you know, as we look at uh, a race season, that's going to be coming up as we look at kind of putting the pieces in place to make sure you kind of succeed coming out of the gate. Um, the performance of the race car is obviously is obviously something that is intrinsic to this. You want to be successful on the racetrack, and that and that helps you deliver value to these sponsors. So in terms of that, the addition of Mike Green to your crew uh, is a huge move. I don't think it was a shocking move in terms of people going, oh, my God, they added Mike Green. But I think it was a really cool evolutionary step for your team.
2: Yeah, I think it was a huge step for our team. And, I mean, I have the utmost respect for Adam Brooks as a professional, on the professional level, and on the personal level. And I think he did. awesome job with our team last year i cannot say enough about him but at the end of the day mike green is just uh you know somebody who's going to bring a championship winning mentality to our team he brings instant uh, credibility success and stability to the program and yeah we want to be out there and we want to be successful and we want to win when we go to the racetrack we have the same goal every time that's to win the race and i think that mike is going to help put us in a position to be able to do that and uh, you know have a lot of success out there on the track and Mike's doing a great job uh, and Dustin Davis building the team around him the truth is you know Mike is amazing but we're only as good as the people we surround ourselves with and Uh, You know, everybody from top to bottom is really doing an awesome job working diligently in the shop. And, you know, we have a team that's excited and ready to get out there and race.
0: You know, as we we look at the evolution of NHRA drag racing through the years, and I brought this point up with Cruz, and I'm interested in your perspective on it as well. I feel like we are entering, if we have not already entered, um, the new era of the efficiently run one car team as being the kind of primary model in this sport. I mean, we went through a, a period of 10 to 15 years where it was obviously multi-car operation was kind of seen as the way to go, but I, I keep looking around and I keep seeing the Josh Hart's of the world spring up. I, I look at you, the success you've had. I look at single-car, funny-car teams that are coming out of the woodwork now. Talk to me a little about that, where as we sit right now, you survey this the scene for NHRA Drag Racing. You really have as much chance as anybody else of winning a championship next year. You do not have to be a mega team
2: to succeed. Yeah, it's really a totally different landscape than it was in the past. In the past, you would see all these big large teams pop up and continue to work with each other and that would give you the best chance to win, but now you see a lot of really great individual teams coming up and you know our program is a business and you know in terms of business, you know you want to be able to limit your overhead as much as possible. Unfortunately for us, you know our little overhead relatively speaking helped get us through 2020 and you know put us in this position to be out there racing in 2021 so as an individual team yes, yeah, sure there are some disadvantages you don't necessarily get to share the data like the other teams you don't have all the resources that the large teams have but at the same time there's a lot uh, a lot of positives from a business side that go along with being an individual team and um you know i think it's definitely a changing the guard maybe a changing the nhra landscape a little and i think whether it's our team whether it's you know, Joe Morrison or whether it's Josh Hart or these other single car teams that are out there. I think it's really healthy for the sport. I think it's good for the competition. I think it's really good for the fans.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny. We always in our minds, yeah, we want to have this like great mix of all this different stuff. And it's like, you know, in my in my dream scenario, if I had if I had 10 to 12 killer full time like championship contending nitro funny cars and top fuel dragsters in each class. And then I had about 30 more of them spread across the country that ran piecemeal schedules that ran to the level they could and were good cars. We'd be living pretty. I mean, I think that would be a great landscape for our sport because there is to me and there is still a lot of fan appeal to the single car team, to, to somebody that can in the face of, you know, in the face of all odds kind of come up and, and compete with anybody. And, it's not the most comfortable conversation to have. I think when you look at because I think people see, oh my God, you know Don Schumacher said he was going to try to run eight cars, and maybe he's going to have four cars. <laughs> That's still a four car team, man. That's
2: still crazy. It is. It's still a lot. I mean, Don, you know, guys like Don Schumacher and you know, and the Colorados and and all the big teams have done such an awesome job. It's a good thing for them. Yeah, it really is a really good thing. We're thankful for them. Oh yeah, because because of them, we're able to have more cars out there racing, which is great for the sport. And like you said. If we can continue to have, you know, even just cars that are out there every other race or 12 races here or five races here or four races there, it all adds up and you're able to have good competition out there on the track. So I think all the NHRA teams and drivers are in the same boat. We just want the more cars out there, the better. Uh, it's good for the sport. It's good for the companies. It's good for longevity. So, you know, I, I do think that, you know, 2020 kind of shifted a lot of people's perspectives a little yeah. bit. Yeah. and I, I. I do think it's going to help, you know, moving forward in that regard.
0: Well, awesome, man! I appreciate you taking some time to chat. And uh, again, it's a it's a fascinating side of the sport that we don't necessarily spend a lot of time talking about because obviously, when we're on TV, we're talking about you guys going 300 miles an hour. We're not talking about you uh, hustling, you know, hustling to actually pay the bills. And it is, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's it's the most hidden hard work of the sport and I don't really think there's any accurate way to other than sticking a camera on your shoulder for 24 hours a day there's no real way to show people how much hustle is involved
2: right that's right you said it it's a tremendous amount of hustle I mean you know we talk about going 300 plus miles per hour but you got to get there and in order to get there you have to have a starting point and that starts and ends with the business side of things so it really is an interesting aspect of NHRA drag racing and I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of hop on and discuss it a little bit
0: you bet and uh last question um i'd ask cruz is there any plan to get out ahead of the march plan testing or are you guys kind of planning on doing the pre-gainesville test and then uh, and then getting after it
2: yeah i think that uh you know we're kind of exploring all our options right now we haven't made a final decision uh you know mike is still in the shop working with the guys trying to get things finalized and i think probably over the next few weeks we'll uh, we'll have a better idea but i think that you know if we can we'd probably like to get out there at least one more time before the uh you know that that Gainesville test session just to give us an opportunity to get out there twice if need be
0: nice man Justin Ashley thanks so much for uh shedding a little light on to the uh, the hard work that goes on behind the scenes in the world of NHRA camping world drag racing wish you all the best this offseason and I will see you in Florida and an ever shrinking number of days which is a good thing <laughs> looking forward to it thank you thanks Justin <laughs> And so there we have it, a couple of conversations about the work that goes on to make sure that the cars can actually get to the racetrack to compete. For Cruz Pedregon, it's a three-year extension with Snap-On Tools. For Justin Ashley, it's the addition of a great marketing partner in Rise Nitro Brew Coffee, an extension with Strutmasters.com and companies like AutoShocker as well. We're going to continue to talk to the headline makers in the world of NHRA Camping World Drag Racing across across the offseason here. The outlaw racing scene is going to get kicked off in a couple of weeks as things begin to uh, unfold, if you will, for outlaw pro modified racing and drag radio racing down south. There's some action in Georgia, some action down in Florida. Maybe we'll keep you informed with the goings on there, which will involve kind of some of our NHRA crossover stars, the likes of Stevie Fast Jackson. I'm sure Alex Laughlin will make an appearance down there, and who knows who else. So. It is always great. This time of the year, later January, the wheels are really starting to turn out there. In a normal circumstance, we'd be talking about going to Pomona, California in just a couple of weeks. But, well, we're not back to normal circumstances yet. But we are moving closer in that direction every day. Thanks for listening to the NHRA Insider Podcast. Love talking to those guys today, and I love bringing you this show. We'll be back at it next week with another episode and more interviews from inside the world of NHRA Drag Racing.